0: This next three days on radically believing, radically believing, and I truly believe that when we get to the point where we just don't merely believe in Jesus, but we come to a place where we believe Jesus, our lives will be radically transformed. We've said this, and we're saying this again, one of the critical reasons for which we fast is to subject our natural flesh and to allow the Spirit of God to take ascendancy, supremacy, so that we can experience in this physical realm all the blessings that God already has for us as believers. Amen? So let's begin the journey tonight. John chapter 3. John chapter 3. Verse 16, we are most familiar with these passages, but I just want us to go over them. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, But that the world through him might be saved. Now, is that not amazing? To know that God did not send Jesus into the world to condemn the world. That's amazing. That in itself is so powerful. We don't have time to unpack that tonight. The world is God's creation. And God is making it clear to us that he didn't send Jesus to come and condemn what he created. He didn't. He didn't. He sent him so that the world through him might be saved. It would be very helpful for us at times if we really understand that and look at our neighbors, our friends, uh, the unbelievers around us and don't look at them with a sense of condemnation but that we look at them as potentials for the kingdom of God. That's the reason For which Jesus came. Okay. Verse 18. He who believes in him is not condemned. But he who does not believe. Is condemned already. Because he has not believed. In the name. Of the only begotten son of God. So right here in John 3.16. Through 18. We see the grace of God. Revealed to us. For God so loved the world, he gave. That's grace. His grace, being driven by his love, caused him to give. Now, we are speaking on radically believing. And the issue is, even though God has given so freely to us, we will never fully be able to apprehend what he has given unless we believe. Unless we believe. For God so loved the world, he gave. And then the Bible goes on to tell us, he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes, so the condition to receiving what God gave is believing. Is believing. Believing is the condition to receiving what grace already provided. Grace provides it. Believing or having faith receives it. Makes it real to us. And we said this before and it bears mentioning the only reason people will go to hell is because they choose not to believe what God has done. So rather than focus on the acts and the things they do or do not do, which sometimes become a distraction for us because we are focused so much on those things. The issue is every act of sin is a fruit on the tree of unbelief. That's where it starts. If I don't believe God, then I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, I'm going to do that. But once I believe God and I continue to believe God, you'll be amazed at how your life begins to straighten out. Amen? Amen? Now, so that's the open scripture. Now, let's go on to Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. Radically believing. And I'm telling us, I know this, I see this. When we get to that point where we are able to believe Jesus for who he is, I'm telling you, our lives will be totally, completely transformed. Dr. Norfolk was ministering on Sunday morning and talked about how the grace message is deepening. It's true. It is deepening. But the real manifestation of that deepening will be that you and I graduate to another level of believing. Whereby the supernatural becomes the, the new normal. Praise God. Yes. It has to become the new normal because that's who Jesus is everywhere he went things did not remain status quo and until we get to that point where we desire that and we are believing for that we will just be existing but i believe god wants us to do more than exist he wants us to thrive and radically believing is the key to making that transition between just existing and thriving. So, Ephesians chapter 2, in verse 8. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Not of works. Lest anyone should boast. You see, we emphasize so much the aspect of the fact that we are saved by grace through faith. But the next sentence there is just as equally important. And that's, the, that's what it says by, when it says, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works let anyone show boast. So in Ephesians 2, 8 and verse 9, we see again the relationship between the grace of God and the faith to bring into realization or manifestation the blessings of God but Paul reminds me and you it's not of ourselves it is a gift so that no one will boast now it is easy for all of us to accept and admit that we are saved through by grace through faith i don't think anybody argues about that the discussion the argument the controversy begins after you are saved then what Then what? We are saved by grace. Through faith. Now, did I earn it? No. Did I work for it? No. Did I help God to make it happen? No. In fact, we were not even there when God did it. Not only that, he didn't ask our permission when he did it. He just did it. Now, there's a reason for which I'm going this way, in this direction. Now, let's go to Colossians chapter 2. So, we know we are saved by grace through faith. We know it's not of works, lest any man should boast. Colossians chapter 2, verse 6. Colossians chapter 2, verse 6, As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. So how did you, how did you receive him? By grace. Was it by grace alone? Faith. Through faith. Grace alone does not save anybody. And faith alone does not save anybody. We made that very clear. Because the grace of God that has uh, uh, unto salvation has appeared to all men but all men are not saved. So there has to be that relationship ongoing relationship between grace and faith. Grace and faith. Grace and faith. All the time. So Paul is saying as you received Christ how did you receive him? By grace through faith. So he's saying now Keeping on living your Christian life, you have to continue in your walk with God the same way as you got born again. Grace through faith. Grace through faith. As you have received Christ the Lord, so walk ye in it. Huge. So now tonight let's just make the distinction between what we call the human faith and the supernatural faith. All of us came here tonight to this sanctuary and I don't, I don't believe, uh, most of, all of us were very confident that when you sit in this chair, it's going it's to hold you. I don't think anybody was afraid to sit down. You, you knew that when you sit, the chair will hold. Now, why am I saying this? There's an element of human faith that we have to use every day to function. You come to a sanctuary, you see a seat, you sit down, you believe the chair will hold You drive it down the street, there are street lights. When it says green, you drive through the intersection, you are confident that that green light allows you to pass and the red stops the other people. This is human faith. Human faith has to deal with that which your natural senses can perceive. Now, there's a reason for which I'm going in this direction because you need to be able to contrast Faith and understand the God kind of faith and the human faith. So the human faith is based on what you can touch, taste, smell, feel, and see. You get it? Your five senses. Mm -hmm. The human faith is based on your five senses the things you can touch, taste, smell, feel, and see so if care is not taken you and i are trying to function in the realm of the spirit function with god relate to god by those natural senses and human faith and it doesn't work it doesn't work because the things you are trying to receive are already done in the spirit And those things in the spirit cannot be touched, tasted, felt, seen, nor what? Smelled. That's the dilemma. In a natural earth, in the natural realm, we relate to things and to one another, and we do things on the basis of our five senses. But now comes the supernatural faith. And in the case of the supernatural, you can't see this, this. You cannot taste it you can feel it you just have to know that it is there huge so this is where the contention is you are constantly battling you understand how a car drives you understand that you go to the airport and see an airplane you, you believe it's going to fly even though you don't know the pilot, you don't know what he has drunk before he got in the cockpit but somehow you just believe that everything is set and it will work and most times they do work in the natural however in the realm of the spirit it's not so in the spirit realm is the exact opposite god is saying to you and i you have to believe what he has said before you see the manifestation in the natural realm you believe what you see you believe what you taste you believe what you smell you be like, oh, of course, you I mean a, a, a woman walks in the room wearing a nice cologne. You smell it and say, "Wow, somebody just walked in." And of course, contrary, if somebody with a terrible bo walks in, you say, "My goodness, something's happening here." You move away <laughs> because you smell something. But in the spirit realm, it is not so, and this is this is the critical difference between supernatural faith and the natural faith with God, he calls those things that are not as though they were. And Alpha is called them as though they were, they show up. And he's saying, bank, coach, that's the way you are going to function. For an instance, okay, let's, let's, let's break it down. Let's unpack it. Again, Ephesians 2.8 or John 3.16. For by grace are you saved through faith. When you became born again, have you seen heaven? Who has been to heaven and came back and told you how it is? Nobody. But somehow, that grace of God and the faith that was present convinced you that you need to be born again. Having not seen anything. So God is saying, in the same way that you chose to come to him, having not seen heaven, that's the same way you and I must live and walk through the earth in order to really be fulfilled as this planned for us. Now, let's, 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 let's just so you know, God gave grace so freely and he's done the exact same thing with faith. Both grace and faith are gifts to us from God. Both of them are gifts from God. I mean, it's absolutely mind-blowing. And the more we understand this, the more we appreciate Jesus. Seriously, seriously. Because they all came through him. Now, so grace provides this. Let's say this is something you need. This is $5 million. How many people want $5 million? Amen. Praise God. So grace, grace, grace provides this five million bucks look at what God has done God says the faith to get this I also give it to you so I provide the product or the desire the blessing what you need my grace provides it for you but I love you so much remember Ephesians 2 8 is not of works I don't want you to boast that you did something to get this. Therefore, what I'll do is I'll provide you the means to get this. The faith. So the grace and the faith both come from God. Ah, okay, you're looking at me very funny here. Let's go to the scriptures. Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. give this to me in a King James translation, Romans 12, 3. Romans 12, 3. Thank you. For I say, through the grace given to me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly according as God has dealt to every man, what? The measure of faith. The measure of faith. Every man or every woman, no one is exempt. The moment you got born again, God gave to you the measure of faith. You have it. It's in you. Every man, every woman that's born again has the measure of faith. All the faith you will need for the next 99 years, you have it right now. You have it. Well, in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be confirmed. Give me Galatians chapter 2, verse 16, also in the KJV. Galatians 2.16. Thank you. Wow, that was quick. <laughs> Look at what this is. Knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law. In other words, it's not of yourself. You didn't do anything to get it. Okay? But by the faith of who? Not your faith. You are justified not by what you did or did not do, but By the faith of who? Jesus. So does Jesus have faith? Does his faith work? Absolutely. Absolutely. You are justified by the faith of Jesus Christ. Even we have believed in Jesus Christ that we might be justified by the faith of who? Just as I spend his grace, I'm also spending his faith. verse 20 Galatians 2 20 I'm crucified with Christ nevertheless I live yet not I but Christ liveth in me and a life which I now live in the flesh I live by the faith of who so what faith are you living in what faith have you and I been living on you see because if we are striving and saying we want to get faith to do XYZ that could be the reason we are getting frustrated, because it's never intended to be so. That faith is already given, is in us already, and God says, "Take and use from what I've already given you. Don't try to manufacture your own faith because your own faith cannot will not deliver the things in the spirit. Amen. One last scripture, Galatians chapter five, verse 22. But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness. What comes next? Faith. So if you have that spirit of God, is faith already in you? Yes. Yes. And God put it in you because he knows you're going to need it to get what grace has provided. Yeah. You already have it. You already have it now oh my goodness i'm trying to see how to move on L- let me look at one more scripture and then i'm going to do some things Philipp- philemon chapter one well there's only one chapter actually <laughs> philemon chapter one book of philemon is after second timothy Verse 6, Philemon 6, 1 six. Okay, it says that the sharing of your faith may become effective. How will my faith become effective? What will happen to me to make my faith effective? Here, here's what Paul says by the acknowledgement of of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. Ooh, that's huge. That's huge. In other words, if I want to release the faith that's in me through the Lord Jesus Christ, I've got to acknowledge that it's there. That's how my faith becomes effective. I've got to acknowledge what God has placed in me. That's what the scripture says. In other words, when I'm faced with a situation, I should remind myself that the faith needed to move that mountain is already in me. Jesus, I thank you. Because the faith of the son of God to make me effective in this situation is already in me. I thank you for your faith that's in me right now. Huge. Huge. Why must you say that? Why do you need to acknowledge that? Because your spirit is as God as it will ever be. Nothing else needs to be added to that. Your spirit is perfect, it's complete, it's holy, it's righteous. Everything as God is already in you, in your spirit. When you became born again. The nature of God is in you now. You are not a dual nature. You are not half God, have man. In your spirit, you are all God. Now, for human beings, that's hard to... You guys are looking at me and saying, that's heresy. That <laughs> has to be heresy. I mean, it's just hard for us to understand what God has done in and through and for us. And that's the key. That's the key. That's the key. That's, where, that's why Sonny's message was very critical. That's the key. That's where it starts. If you don't know who you are, the enemy will make you it will mess you up. So my spirit is already set, complete, perfect, holy, righteous. But my soul is not. I have to renew my mind, my emotion, my will, my thinking. I have to remind my soul that listen, it's already done in God. How do I remind my, 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 my mind of that? I, I say it. So, I want you to know everything I need to move this mountain in front of me, I have it already in Jesus Christ. It's already done. It's accomplished. I'm all God in the spirit. Now, I just want to bring this thing into manifestation in earth and I'm saying i receive it because it's already in me. I have it. It's it's there. Acknowledge it. As parents, how would you feel when you give your kids gifts? Christmas just went by. You buy them nice expensive gifts. They just take it and walk away. As if it's an entitlement. As if they walk for nine months to, to buy the thing. Your son turns 18 or 19, you went and bought him a car, you gave him the key, and he just takes the key, goes out and gets in the car and drives off. Does that motivate you to buy another car? Or to help them tomorrow? That's what happens when we do not acknowledge what God has done for us. And Philemon says, acknowledge that every gift in Christ is in you. Now, And he's telling us why we should acknowledge it. He said to make your faith effective. Not that God is drunk and wants to, ah, I, I want to hear you acknowledge. No, 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 no. It-, it helps you release into manifestation what God has already done. Huge. That should be a part, a regular part of our praying. Regularly. Acknowledging the good things that God has done. What do you think David was doing in Psalm 103? Bless the Lord, O my soul. And all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Oh, and by the way, so don't forget his benefits. He was recounting to himself the benefits of his salvation. How you forgive my iniquities? So devil don't come to me and talk, t- tell me some mess. I know I'm forgiven. You heal my diseases. I know I'm healed. You cure my head with your tender loving kindness. I know I'm a loved man. You redeem myself from destruction. He's saying this is to himself to encourage himself with the Lord. So that when opposition comes, attack comes, uh, tri- trials come, he's already filled up with what he knows God has already done. Huge. So there's a distinction between human faith and supernatural faith. Now, let let me, let's go to Genesis chapter 15. Genesis 15. So we already make it clear that supernatural faith acknowledges those things which are not manifest as though they are. And usually, all the things we are trusting for, they are like that. I'm trusting for promotion. Promotion is not here yet, but I see it through the eye of the Spirit. I'm trusting for my business to prosper. So, things may not look good right now, but I'm trusting for it. And in trusting for it, I'm seeing in the Spirit something that's not happened yet in the realm of the physical. Genesis 15 Verse 2, but Abram said, Lord God, what would you give me? seeing I go childless, and the hair of my house is Eliezer of Damascus. Then Abram said, look, you have given me no offspring. Indeed, one born in my house is my hair. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, saying, this one shall not be your hair, but one who will come from your own body shall be your hair. Then he brought him outside and said, look now toward heaven and count the stars, if you are able to number them. And he said to him, so shall your descendants be. Amazing. God brings Abraham out. And said, look, into, look up into the heavens. Count the stars. And as, this, uh, 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 as numerous as the stars are, that's the way your descendants are going to be. Now, can you imagine Abraham actually Going through an exercise. I wonder where it stopped. One, two, three, four, five. I mean, it would have counted and counted and said, There are not enough numbers to finish counting this stuff. So obviously, God was not asking Abraham to see with his natural eyes. So God is trying to teach Abraham how the supernatural faith works. And that's the key for me and you. That's the transition point. We have to be able to see in the spirit. Because what you see in the spirit, you can bring into manifestation. Yeah. So God wanted Abraham to say, Abraham, can you see what I'm seeing? Remember Second Kings chapter 6, verse 7, the servant of Elisha. Lord, open his eyes that he may be able to see Was the man blind? No. No, he wasn't blind. But Elisha was praying that the guy would be able to see what's already happened in the heavens. And so for me and you, like Abraham, we have to take the word of God for what it is. We should not try to rationalize it. We shouldn't try to say, well, I I don't don't understand. No, 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 no. If God said it, we have to take it for what God meant for it to be. So does Abraham look in the heavens, count. Because if you can see what I've provided, then the faith of God can bring it to pass in your life. Huge. So my question to us tonight: what are you saying? What are you saying? Are you so earthly bound that all you can see is the natural things you can see, taste, feel, smell? Or have we renewed our mind to the point where we can see beyond the natural and begin to see the things that God has already provided that only happens through the discipline of the word of God that's the only way it happens and that's why I said to you guys at some point in the past you've got to be careful what you expose yourself to i'm sorry what we are seeking we will not be able to attain to if we don't change our lifestyle in certain ways the input that you and i are receiving on a day-to-day basis things that we allow into our ear gates our eye gates do not allow us to be able to really become sensitive enough to see what god has done you got to be careful. Everything on TV is not good for you. Now, I'm not trying to preach the law here. We're not trying to say don't do this or don't do that. It's just simple common sense. Simple common sense. Those things are created by the world. To cause you and I to be earthly bound, huge, and that's just one iceberg. I mean, I, that's just easy, low-hanging fruit. When I say TV, there are many more things. Uh, you involve yourself in conversations all day long with people that's just talking and earthly things. When it's time for you to use your faith, you, you don't have faith. You, you can't even call it, You can't even acknowledge it. it's there. Huge. Now, the reason for that. No, Paul talks to Timothy, he said, be instant in season and out of season. There's a reason for that. Let's look at it. Let's look at it. Uh, Genesis 17. Genesis chapter 17. And really, really, the, the, the truth of the matter is, if I'm spending all that time doing those things, what that indicates to me is that you've not really fallen in love with the Word. Because when you fall in love with the Word, with the world rather, world, Word rather, Word, W O R D, Word, Jesus, those things will become strangely dim. So the goal is not to leave those things. No. The goal is not to stop watching TV, the goal is to fall in love with Jesus. That's where the grace is. That's where the grace is. Grace comes through falling in love with him. Not, not by, by, by flexing my muscles and saying I'm going to be disciplined, I won't watch TV for three hours a day. That's, that's a wrong exercise. The true exercise is Jesus, I want to experience you. I want to know you. I want to be close to you. I want intimacy. And the more you get closer to him he does not have to tell you about it it pairs. it's like if i took it to okay if i use a natural illustration if i took it to, to me Marcus, and you saw all the nice things on the counter when? he's asking me when <laughs> this, this this man is in the flesh <laughs> you you don't see the goods at the Shoes that cost three thousand dollars, ties that cost eight hundred ninety-five, shirts that twelve hundred. You admire that, you soak that in, and then you go to—I don't want to mention your name because I don't know, I don't know, I don't want to offend anybody. Then you go to another store where you find a shoe there for seven ninety-nine. Especially when you have the means to buy all those things at Nima Marcos. The truth is, once you start shopping at Nima Marcos and you have the means to do so, this other store that's selling goods for $7.99, you probably will never go there again. Ever. you just be reading and hearing that there are some people that shop there. That will no longer be your portion. That's exactly the way it is with Jesus. You don't participate with Jesus and go back and do these things. The reason I'm still doing these things, I've not gone into participation with him yet. That's the point. So I'm not making stop watching TV a goal. No, I'm making Jesus my goal. Because when I get him or when he gets me, it's a different story. It's a different story. So now, Genesis 14. Genesis chapter 14. Okay. this is a long passage here so let me just go through the chase verse 23 okay verse 10, verse 10. Genesis 17 verse 10 this is my covenant which, shall, which you shall keep between me and you and your descendants after you every male child among you shall be circumcised that's what God told Abraham. Okay? Now, verse 23. No, verse 22. Verse 22. Then he finished talking with him and God went up from Abraham. So Abraham took Ishmael his son, all who were born in his house and all who were brought, brought with his money, every male among, among the men of Abraham's house, And circumcised the flesh of their foreskins that very same day as God had said to him. Abraham was 99 years old when he was circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin. And Ishmael's son was 13 years old when he was circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin. Wow. This is the point I'm making here. And this is what you're going to have to learn. God spoke to this guy. Say Abraham, this is the son of my covenant. Circumcise every male in your house. Notice what Abraham did. There is no such thing as believing without corresponding action. This was the point James was making. Faith without works is dead. But this is where you and I sometimes falter. God spoke to Abraham. Abraham did not defer to the next day to obey. Immediate instant obedience. The Bible said the same day. We don't know how long the conversation took. We don't know if it was at midnight, 3 a.m., 2 p.m. We are not sure. But the point here is there was an urgency. There was power in the word that God spoke to him to enable him to get up and do what he needed to do. And that same powers are available to you and I, but the problem is, the problem with us sometimes we just we linger. God spoke it. Ah, uh, that was that was a good word. Good word. Ah, coach, did you hear that? That was good. Tomorrow we we'll see what we can do about it. When tomorrow comes, the power is no longer there to do it because the power was released in the instant it was spoken. Your action is required in that moment. Do you know what it is for a 99-year-old man to be circumcised? That's not a joke. The reason they circumcise kids when they're young is because the pain is less at that time than when you become older. At 99, this guy said, God spoke, I've got to do it. I've got to do it. And he moved and did it. One more scripture. And then we we go for tonight. Genesis 13. Genesis 13. Genesis chapter 13. Verse 14. And the Lord said to Abraham, after Lot had separated from him, lift your eyes now and look from the place where you are. Northward, southward, eastward, and westward. Again, again, look at how God is teaching this guy's faith. God is teaching him. Look and see, Abraham, what, 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 what future do you see for yourself? What future are you seeing for yourself right now? The future, according to Bernie Sanders, Barack Obama, or the Donald. What future do you see for yourself? Huge. So God said, Abraham, look northward. Let me get you to see beyond where you are. That's what God is saying. Because if you can see beyond where you are, you can get it. So the guy looked northward, eastward, southward, westward. For all the land which you see, oh my God. Look at this tense. I give to you. He didn't say I will give. (laughs) <laughs> for all the light that you see, I give. It did not say I will give. It's a done thing. In the present continuous, I give unto you and your descendants forever. This is huge. Now, verse 17, arise, walk in the land through its length and its width, for I give it to you. Come on, how long will it take Abraham to do this walking? So it cannot just be natural walking, but look at what Abraham did. Verse 18. Then Abraham moved his tent. <laughs> that was his response to the word of God faith. God spoke. Are you moving? You see a feature for yourself but are you moving you've got to move you've got to change position you've got to do something you've got you've got to believe god what corresponding action can symbolize my obedience to what i'm hearing abraham moved his tent when he did that what he said to god is i believe you i'm not going to park in the same place Pray and say, God, when are you gonna do it? How long will it be? Oh God, move. Oh God. No, God said, Move, you move. You move. So you are trusting God for a new position. What are you doing about that? Where are you sourcing to get more information about a new job? Because God is not going to bring it to your house and just I'll your name on it and just deliver it by US mail. You're believing God. Is you now praying the mind of God to know where should I be looking? Where should I be turning the applications? Where should I be calling in on my faith? You're moving. You're moving. You've got to move. If we don't move, we will not see things happen. These signs shall follow them that believe. It follows. You move, the signs follow. But you are parking in one place. There's no place for the sun to follow. This is what I saw in the scriptures with all these men of faith. They believed God, but their believing God led to a corresponding action. When Jesus tells the blind, go wash in the lake. I think I could sit down there and argue with him. Man, I'm blind. How can I go and wash? I can hear some of us arguing with Jesus. You want me to go wash? Don't you understand? I'm blind. I can't see. But the guy said, go wash. And as he went, they were healed. They were healed. We need to make the transition from just believing in Jesus to believing Jesus. He gives us both the grace and the faith. The goods and the means to procure the goods, both are gifts from God to us. All you and I have to do is to get up and make it happen. Not as a me and you doing it, but as a me and you cooperating with what God has done to see the manifestation. If you don't see it in the realm of the spirit, more than likely you will not be able to bring it into the realm of manifestation. It's done already. Can we stand to our feet tonight? Can we just acknowledge that God, according to Philippi, Philemon, 1 6 Philoman 1 6 Can we just use that to pray? Can we just acknowledge tonight that every good thing is in me and you in Christ Jesus? Every good thing. What is it? What is it? What is it? James tells us that every good gift and every perfect gift they come from above, from the Father of lights, in whom there is no variableness, neither the shadow of turning. In other words, God cannot change. It's not going to change. I am the Lord, and I change not. What is it tonight, God? We acknowledge that you have given us every good thing in Christ Jesus. We make that acknowledgement. We acknowledge what you have done. You are the one that began a good work in us. You are the one that will perfect it. You are the one that's finishing it. Thank you, Father God, tonight that we make that transition into radically believing. Lord, you know every man and every woman here under the sound of my voice, you know exactly where we are. I pray tonight, my Father God in Jesus' name, that you speak to our hearts, not just in your spirit. What actions must we be taking to move our tent from the place of stagnancy, from the place of complacency, from the place of contentment? What actions should we be taking? Help us to see tonight. Open the eyes of our understanding that we may see, Lord God, in the realm of your spirit, those things which you have already prepared in our behalf. You said the eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, neither has it entered into the house of men the things which you've prepared for them that love you. My Lord and my God, by the power of your spirit, thank you for opening our eyes. Like the servant of of Elisha of old, our eyes are open tonight. We see the glorious blessings of God that's already available for us. We bless you tonight, my father my God, because you are a great God. There is nothing lacking in what you have done for us. Thank you, father God. Open our eyes. Help us to apprehend. Help us to see. My lord God, we look unto heavens tonight. We look northward, southward, eastward, westward we see your provisions we see your provisions my lord god like david said you daily load us with benefits lord we walk in the fullness of every benefit that you've made available for us lord in the name of jesus we believe you at your word oh you are a god that does not lie you are not a man that you should lie neither the son of man that you repent have you not said would you not do it and so father we thank you Thank you father god that signs and wonders do indeed follow us in the name of jesus that we lay our hands on the sick and they recover my lord god we thank you for the manifestation of your gifts of your spirit in and among us because that's who you are thank you lord god we bless you tonight we praise your name thank you for every man and every woman thank you father god as we come together tomorrow night Thank you, Lord, for testimonies that you're preparing us right now. Amen. In the name of Jesus, Amen. we are never ever going to remain the same. We are changed by the power of your spirit. Thank you, Father God. We bless you, Lord Jesus. We bless you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father God. You're no respecter of person. You are no respect of person. You did it for Abraham. You did it through Moses. You did it through Paul. You did it through Peter. You are doing it through us. Yes. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Lord, we thank you that every need in this house is met every need my lord god small or big no matter how it is in the name of jesus every need is met in the name of jesus we break the power of the evil one over the lives of your people We come against the evilness of unbelief in the name of jesus we demolish unbelief among us in the name of jesus we're a trusting people. We're people that trust God and believe God. We thank you for the faith of the Son of God that is at work in us. Thank you Father God. We honor and we bless you. Now forever. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen.